This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 104 of Banging on the Drum. As always, we thank you for listening, appreciate the support. If you could like, subscribe, download, re-download, download again, like again, download, share. Download it on your uh, forgotten devices. Oh, yeah. I have a forgotten device now. So we're going to get an extra one. We're going to. Boom. There we go. You know, and what Mike and I have been doing to uh, make ourselves feel better, we just add a couple of zeros. So how, how many zeros? We added three zeros right now. So get us to the point where we only have to add one zero to be happy. But I'm your host, P-Dog, joined alongside, we just heard M-Dog. How you doing today, M-Dog? Uh, doing great. Uh, what have you been up to this week, Pat? All right, let's get into it. We're going to be quick, fast, and to the point. So I, I'll get into it in shapes of overs and unders, starting with my unders. So if you listen to last week, I've been having somewhat of a housing crisis i think crisis would be the wrong word because that's a little too dramatic um but it's just it's still just been one thing getting figured out and then another problem popping up there's got to be a good analogy that like not the grass is always greener on the other side because that's not quite the case if it can go wrong it does go wrong I like that. So yeah, it, it is a little Murphy's Law-ish right now. Um, so right now, we got it figured out. Um, at least like payment-wise, uh, for I can't remember if I was saying this on the show because I don't even know if I should say it. We we I won't get into anywhere we have to cut, but basically found a cheaper place than uh what I was authorized blah 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 like and then it was just um getting to be able to pay for it with the card that they give me the travel card they give me has been an issue that got figured out um but now it's it's all the new stuff that comes so we've been trying to get a landscaper and we got these two dudes that were just absolutely amazing. Did I talk about those guys last time on the show? I just said they were coming, I think. No, but these dudes were like pro athletes of landscape. Like I've never seen two people. I was inspired by how hard you people nice. Um, Because they didn't stop. Like I showed them like the layout of like what our landlord told us like we could touch and couldn't touch type deal. And she's paying for these guys, but I I had to show them around. My wife and I had to show them around. And once once we showed the main guy what was up, Tim, yeah, check him out if you're in the Navarre area. I think he comes from Pensacola. Dude's a pro. And he did Tim not Rome? stop. He, uh, he, I don't know where I was, what I was gonna say, but work ethic at that age was probably pretty similar. So, so it could Fair be enough. a little Tim Jerome-ish. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't stop working at all. But uh, got too late. There was some stuff still not taken care of because they had to do a bunch of stuff. 
And then the weather's just been shit. So they haven't been able to get back and take care of the rest of the stuff. So our yard that we're staying at looks a little beat up right now. And my wife is having company this weekend. So that that is kind of my under. And then there's this bugs I've never even heard of before, but you can actually Google them. They're called noceums. Like I thought it was just like a Florida, you know. No, not so much. Like they're more like, like a, a snipe? Yeah, something like that. Like like a urban, not an urban legend, because I was getting bit by them and I knew they were real. But like calling them no seams, like you can't see them. I'm trying to think of like I think it's how like you call like a weed whipper or, or something, like a Florida saying for something oh, okay. that yeah, there's actually it. a word for. A local saying. Yeah, but no, I Googled them and they're they're real things, but those things have been a bitch. So that that has been my under. And then I guess my over is I think I think we're getting to the point where all of the bullshit is almost over. So it looks I can see a light at the end of the tunnel that I hadn't been able to see in two weeks because it was getting very taxing. Because like I said, every time we figured something out another thing came up and another thing came up and another thing came up. So the light is there. We're kind of skipping towards it right now. And then I have been getting to watch a ton of baseball in the rundown format. And it has been life changing. Like, I feel like I got a good grasp on the MLB and I'm, it might be an interesting experiment to see if I could name a player on every single team. Ooh, every team. Yeah, yeah, there's no chance that I could do that. <laughs> I think I think we would do better than we thought. Um, Seattle Mariners comes to mind, and I can't think of one for the Seattle Mariners. But once I look at my rundown notes, I might have might have took a Seattle Mariner down. Yeah, I would just say like Felix Hernandez, who is like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, Ichiro. I think Tank Griffey Jr. might be there somewhere. But that's all I got. How how has your week been? Uh week's been pretty good. So uh I'll 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 start with my undersong. So this weekend we decided I didn't we didn't decide this. This has been in the works forever that uh my wife's family's having a family reunion. So they got people coming from like kind of all over the place, right? A lot of people are local, but like people came in from Pennsylvania for this. So a ways out. Uh, so Friday night, we're getting together at my brother-in-law's house. He's got a pool in the backyard. All the kids are swimming. Everything's going pretty swimmingly. But I started drinking about 3 o'clock, maybe 4 o'clock, and had at least one too many and maybe like three too many. And then I decided that it was. So you had three. No, no, I had. <laughs> I probably had close to ten, which is not okay for me. Um. And so, and I was drinking like a heavier beer. Usually, I drink light beer, and I was drinking Bud or Budweiser. And so, um. Anyway, like at one point, I decide. All right. I'm going to stop moving because I know I'm going to get sick if I like start doing like crazy shit, but I'm just sitting there and that probably lasts like half hour. 
And then I was like, all right, it's time I have to leave. I can't, can't stay back here. I'm going to like throw up right in front of like, and at this point, most of the people had left most of like the extended family had left. So it was just like my brother-in-law's family and maybe like his parents. Roughly what time are we? Probably like nine o'clock. Okay. Right. You're a wimp, dude. Ten years and four hours? No, I'm 100% aware of this. And so, like, it hit me. I walk out, throw up all over the bush, this bush that's out in his yard. And then, uh, so I had a rough night on Friday. Like, just like, and maybe, like, I'm underestimating the beers, too, right? Maybe I just kept drinking them. And Yeah, it's tough to, like, put a number on on beers drink especially your pump i guess if you had like a 12 pack and there was two left that's kind of obvious but yeah that's not the way it was and i i don't know that i drank like i'm not this like heavyweight where like i can put down 18 beers like i'm not that guy yeah i probably all day if i drank all day i don't think i could put down like that much so anyway got drunk threw up in the bushes um so then I came back to the party and just kind of sat there, like still knew that I was in rough shape. Um, then when I was leaving, I threw up in the bushes again. So if his tree dies, I apologize to him. Right. He knows, he knows what I did though. It'll probably help it grow strong. You got it drunk. It's probably like, Oh, there's more to life than just being a tree. You know, I could feel kind of goofy and lose my inhibitions for a little bit. Yeah. Show, so show the other trees my boobs. Yeah, and so the, I get all the way home, and then I throw up again, right? So three times I threw up, three separate times. And were you swerving on the road, or was it just? Yeah, it was nice a little sketchy eat. getting me and the family home, but like we made her. <laughs> no, just covering <laughs> covering one eye so you don't see double anymore. Um, so riding in the passenger seat, I was doing that because like it was like making me like goofy in there right so i couldn't function well and then i fell asleep about halfway home so and you said it was in on alaska or did i just assume it was so that's kind of a it wasn't on alaska i don't know if i said that but like i had a 45 minute drive home which that's rough that is rough right and so but the wife didn't get too mad at me it's kind of surprising like this is the time that you think she would right that she would like you like you know, like my family's in town, you can act appropriate. Like, don't get, if you're going to get drunk, just get a little drunk. And were you the drunkest one there? I might have been the only one drinking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, like, my wife's family doesn't drink that often. So, like, they don't, and they, if they do drink, they're not getting drunk, drunk, right? They might get like, like three i don't know if i've seen any of them have more than three or four beers so i have one brother-in-law that'll drink a little bit where he'll he'll have a few more but he'll space it out over the whole day like none of them ever get like weird right or like fucking puking in the bushes they don't do that so that's it's interesting to me like how yeah some people learn how to drink like fairly responsibly because i've always like I mean, obviously, we didn't have anybody teaching us to drink because we were too young to be doing it. 
Yeah. Or I, yeah, me, I say we, but, um, you, you like you and all your friends, like that's who was teaching you to drink is the like guy was a year older than you who doesn't yeah. have a clue. And I would say like three of them were like fairly responsible the whole time. Like every, like it was like once in a blue moon that they would chill their ass. But like, I was always like balls to the wall. Like, Hey, we're drinking, we're doing this. Like we're going. And I, I've gotten way better with age, but I still just enjoy drinking over six beers in a sitting. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's when I enjoy it. It's yeah. I, I do enjoy like a good two, three beers, like while we're doing this, like some nights, but preferably it's like buzzed enough to do something stupid. But, yeah. And I did have like a, I think I, I think I've talked about on this podcast in the past that I don't think I would be an addict to things because of my, like, maybe I'd, maybe I didn't talk about this, but like, I think I've had this attitude about my life that I wouldn't be an addict, right? I've stopped things in the past. And as long as it's not a physical addiction, right, that I won't get caught in this shit. Or even if it could be a physical addiction, I won't get caught in it because giving up things like coffee or beer or fucking sweets for long periods of time, right? Yeah. But uh, so I'm in this leadership program, which ties into my over for the week too. But anyway, there's this guy that works in like addiction type stuff, right? So he's in this leadership program as well for work. So it covers all of DHS. So he works in like this addiction thing. But anyway, I've talked about how I fast all the time. And so he's asking me about that. And so I'm kind of explaining that it doesn't really bother me. I don't get like super hungry when I'm at work that often that I've been doing it for 10 years. So like all this stuff kind of settled out, right? So I'm in as the space that I, if I go to work until four o'clock, like I can, I can fast pretty easy. And so yesterday I had to stay at work until seven 30. So I drove home when I'm driving home, I got hungry. Right. And so when I drive home at four o'clock, I get hungry. If I drive home at noon, I get hungry. That's the way it goes. Like it's a trigger for me. Right. And he goes, yeah. Oh, like that's exactly like addicts. Right. And so he's talking about like, that's the way addiction works is if you see like, or if you're using the same like process, you're doing the same things, then you have to have what you had before. And so maybe I would be a terrible addict because I'm like apparently addicted in some way to food. Right. Which maybe we all are, but. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I mean, like it depends on what food you're addicted to because yeah, that's, like I chew and I probably chew way too much, but yeah, that that's how it all was when I used to fight the good fight and try to quit. Like I would be driving in my car and I'd be like, Oh, I really want to chew. If I go fishing, like I really want to chew, but now I chew doing everything. So like it's yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get that. Like I, I remember that like in my car, it was a tough time to not chew because of like, that was, just what I did. Like, I very much enjoyed it. Still do. Um, right. And, and, but yeah. He was, he was kind of laughing at me that like, like that was the way an 
addict works. And I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, like we all have to eat at some point. I just have noticed that it's more of like a, there's a time trigger. It's not a time trigger or my body is like, oh, you haven't eaten in a long time. You're hungry. It's more about the things that I do. Right. And I carry enough body fat that I probably don't need to eat for probably three weeks. Right. Before like uh, my body might start like severely shutting down. Okay. Um, And maybe longer than that. I have no idea, but like I can go a long time without food. I think it's not like I've done six days without food. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. You can. I could, but yeah, right. I couldn't do it knowing that I could eat. Like I could do it. I didn't have food to eat. Yeah. Right. And so like, I think sometimes not that you're not hungry, but your body just triggers things at times. Right. And so if I'm in my house, it's way harder to fast where when I was at McCoy, I had my off day. I fasted my entire off day. No, that's not true. Tuesdays, I didn't fast the whole day. So I'd eat at like 9 a.m. And then I wouldn't eat again until like six. So I'd have like a protein shake at like nine. And then at like five or six, whenever we ate dinner, I would eat again. Like I'd eat a big meal. Yeah. And and that's, that's but I was at home the whole day. It was a different thing. Like when I knew that was the rule and that I was just at home hanging out, doing my own thing, I could do it. But now, because I eat every time I come in the house, I think that that's way tougher for me. Yeah, but have you ever walked into a bathroom not realizing you had to piss, but like you get in the bathroom and you just have to piss? Like, I don't think that's an addiction, but that's... I think that's an addiction mindset is that like, it triggers something in your mind to fucking do... Like, oh, mine's well pissed, like I'm here. Yeah, or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think you're not wrong. Like, it could be called, like, a addiction mindset, but, like, th- those are normal. Yeah, right, but so, like, I would argue that if you, pro- like, I wonder what the, the number of people that would be addicted to heroin if they used it, like, three times would be. Quite a bit. Yeah, right. So it'd be like a lot, right? Or one time even. If you use it one time, like how many how much of the population gets addicted and how much of the population is just like, oh, you know, that was fun, but I know I can't reach that again. I'm not worried about it. Man, I I heard a it can't be uh, everybody, right? Yeah, no, I heard a story from this guy that I would have never expected it from. And yeah, I'm not even gonna give any clues from like who it is. It's not like from like my inner circle or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, I know I know exactly who it is. No, it's not him. <laughs> I know exactly who you think it is, but it's not him. I'm just uh but he he was telling me about like he got pretty drunk one night. We were at a wedding somewhere, and he went into the details and he was like, Yeah, I tried heroin, like and it was like two months previous. And it was just like, I didn't know this guy very well. Like I know him a little bit better now, but he was like, it was amazing. And he was like, and I can never do it again. He was like, he was like, he knew we would be addicted. I think so. Like he just said, it's like the best 
feeling in the entire world. Like you can't even describe like how amazing of a feeling that it gives you is. And yeah, like he was smart enough to know like I'm never gonna try that again. But it it was weird because he was like a super successful guy, like not not anything that you would expect, like from naiveness. But I, I do think there's probably more people out there that do like hard drugs than people would expect to do. Yeah, I, I'm terrified of hard drugs. Like that in my brain I'd be like, I can't I can't do this. I'm gonna be fucking gone. I'll be the guy that's just laying in the fucking curb and wilting, you know, and no the the story of of the NBA draft pick that died from his first time doing coke has Len, done has done well in my in my mind. Uh, Len Bias, yeah, Len Bias. Hearing that story, like I was like, nope, that would be me. That would definitely be me. So that you, that's kept me away from that. Do you think it was the coke, or do you think it was something that, like, he had some issue and the coke did it? Yeah, I think it's something like that. Because, yeah, okay. honestly, I, I've also watched um, a documentary, not on Lynn Bias. That, that would be a good one. I'm sure there's like a 30 I think 30 Netflix used to have one. I don't know if they still do. It might be a, just a 30 for 30, though, that has it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, super, super sad story. Because as far as I know, and like I said, I didn't watch this documentary. I probably would. I like it was either so my understanding of it that's kept me away from drugs my whole life was he tried coke and died like yeah I don't know kind of the attitude towards it is that he was pretty clean cut and then he gets in this party takes coke and like something bad happens and I can't remember exactly like if you yeah, if it was if it was uh, laced or if yeah. it was like I can't uh, remember what the process yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I assumed it, or I assume knowing what I know now, it was either lace or he had like a pre-existing condition. Because I'm sure there's a ton of people. Like just especially like your Wall Streets, your things like that, like where there's successful people that just live off coke like so yeah and i and i don't think it's it's becoming more of a problem with like fentanyl cutting and stuff um but yeah i i don't think coke is that bad but yeah long story short lynn bias is the reason why i was always afraid to try anything and never did yeah, so I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know exactly why I'm afraid, but I'm afraid of most things, right? So <laughs> it just comes down to the fact that, like, I'm pretty risk averse. I want to pretend that I'm not. And, like, I married someone who's more risk averse than I am. And so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, then it just. I think we both, I think we both talked about, like, just in the last few weeks that we prefer not to get hit with the stick rather than to chase the carrot right yeah right we'd rather not get hit with a stick than chase the carrot right so like you can chase the carrot and get hit with the stick if you get the carrot like things are good but like i am yeah with the stick guy for sure 
And it, if you're new to that analogy, Mike, just explain the analogy by using the analogy again. But we we are more afraid of getting in trouble than we are happy about getting a reward for doing something well. So yeah, yeah, just for clarify. Sure. That's what that. That's what that. Means. If if you couldn't figure it out from content, but. Are you ready to move on? I got one more dumb thing before we get into sports. Unless you, yeah. So I got my over yet. So, uh, oh, so my over. I finished um, a leadership program at work, which is what. That's why I was talking to this guy that works in the, um, with addiction and stuff like that. And so, basically, I'm now Leonardo. Oh damn! You're gonna have to start wearing like the blue bandana. I got the orange one, man. I'm still Michelangelo. No, you're not. You're a boss. You're more of a leader than I am. I am. I just finished a leadership program. Like, yeah, uh, can become a leader. You actually are a leader. Yeah, that I still answer to a lot of people. I answer to so more people. I, I I answer to way, way, way more people than people answer to. No one answers. No one answers to me, so I'm not quite a leader in that aspect. I'm a good leader, as in like, if you work with me, we're probably going to have a good time and do a good job. But there's got to be a couple guys that have to answer to you. Mm-mm. No, not really. Okay, I'll I'll give you that, but. You might be able to give directives, but you, they don't actually answer to you when it comes down to it, right? Sure. Well, we'll say that. We'll give myself a little bit of credit. But uh, I'm wondering, so this is like, do I have to switch my favorite color to blue if I turn into Leonardo? Uh, no, I don't think so. That okay. I, I don't know why. I, I'm just trying to think of... No what would be the i don't know that like i take I, it back yes yes you have to change it. okay so i don't know that like as adults people actually have favorite colors i mean there's got to be a few people that do right like, i think most people have a favorite color see i don't I think, think that they do i think that we that they've been telling themselves for i don't know so for me i don't know 30 years i've been telling myself Oh, I like the color orange, right? But like, do I care if I'm like wearing orange? Nope. Is there anything in my life that actually has to revolve around the color orange? No. I feel like everything else that I have a favorite for, like my favorite sports teams, like I engage with them to some extent. Orange, I don't have to engage with at all. So, or any specific color either. Cutting back a little bit, everybody has a favorite color whether they know that that's their favorite color or not might be arbitrary like maybe your favorite color isn't orange but there's something there is a color i I can't say everybody because i'm sure there's like the one-offs that like i don't know have something in their brain that it just doesn't register to them but like say if you look at like a sunset you're like that's aesthetically pleasing like you know like there's okay. something in the yeah. color that makes it that way that it's your favorite by by some way, shape. You actually knowing and being self-aware enough to know what color that is 
I think is probably more rare in in the the way that a kid says, "Oh, my favorite color is hot pink with sparkles." Like, yeah, I don't know if too too many adults have that yeah in their pocket, but but right, I'm sure so, they have a favorite color. Right, the things that attract them the most, right? Like, oh man, I like the way that house looks, or something. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and you I use the you. word attract, and it took my brain into like Second. The, the gutter. But yeah, yeah like yeah, I got you. Like if you see your your lady, well, I'm not talking about your lady specifically, but don't was that look at my lady, <laughs> son of a bitch, <laughs> or or your man or whatever out there, and they're wearing some like skimpy, like red, sexy thing, like. If it was, you know, brown, it might not have seen. I don't know. Maybe it was. I think that I, that's <laughs> fairly standard, right? That like yeah. red versus brown does not have the same effect. But um, that's not even what I meant. I just meant like that your eye is drawn to like some color. And I would I would say that for me, for sure, I don't have the self-awareness of what that is. Right? I'm, then I don't I might, know what. I might start looking for it now, but like, that's a good, I, I like the way you said that. And I'm going to go with that, that cause I've been kind of on the boat that adults don't actually have favorite colors. Right. Yeah. That it's just a, another and thing. I, and and yeah. I like the way you said it and that we do, we just uh, probably don't really, it's not orange, right. Isn't, isn't yeah. probably what it is. So nice. We clarified that for all you guys out there. There's something something good to think about. You got more to add to your your over? Nope, just finished that, so I'm pretty excited. And then it should give me a, like a decent opportunity to get promoted in the like Wisconsin government. So we'll see if I use it or not. But you'll use it. You'll be thriving, uh, unless unless uh, you guys like subscribe, download some more, and then uh, we quit. Then, yeah, that will be doing this for a living. Um, you guys can yeah. hear us every day. Yeah, yeah, we would do it every day. We if we got I, paid to do sure, this, if I got paid to do this for sure, I would do this every day. But I want to do one dumb thought of the day before we get into our sports stuff. So the word errands is just an odd word to me, like. I guess I don't know where I was going to go with this completely, but like what to you constitutes an errand? I feel like females say that they have errands a lot. Like, and I feel like it was more so when I was a kid, my mom would be like, I have errands to run. And then it was just like the stop all. Like, there's no question she has errands to do but i didn't know what errands were but i feel like errands were like going to the bank that was an errand yeah yep i would agree with that i think it's out of the house like mandatory tasks grocery shopping that's an errand okay right so if you have to go to the post office to get the mail it would be something like that is getting your hair cut in there nope i don't think so okay i don't it could be but i like i just don't feel like it is so like errands are kind of like 
dying by the wayside. Like there's not much you have to do that's an errand anymore. Are you Googling yeah. it right now? Yeah, a short journey. So you do have to leave the house, undertake in order to deliver or collect something. So it's a required, right? Deliver okay. on someone else's behalf, which would make a haircut not necessarily the case. But if like going to the bank, even if it was just for you, no, no, like even if you are going to benefit from some of that, I think it's still there because like if you have a family of any kind, so the bank would be an errand for sure. Can you read the definition one more time? A short journey undertaken in order to deliver or collect something, especially on someone else's behalf. So I have to get haircuts for the air. Like I wouldn't have got my haircut today if it wasn't a job requirement. But you didn't deliver or collect anything. That's true. So I feel like that's a decent piece of it. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the other one is, so I think it has a little bit to do with that. I think, I think it could be in there. I'm fine with it being in there if you want to put it in there as an errand. Had errands yes. to run. I dropped off the mail. I picked up some stuff from the bank, got my hair cut. You can you can drop it in there. I thought you were going to go with the difference between errands and errant. No. Right? I don't know what errand means. But now I feel yeah. like that's not even a real word. Now that I've like said it out loud. Errant. Yeah. Errant. Oh, no, not that's Airing or strain from the proper course or standards. Oh, I do that a lot. An errant errand, and then you did the wrong fucking thing when you left the house. Dude, do you see the definition? I thought that's where you were going to go with it. So, man, the in the dictionary, like, uh, what's it called when they use the word the um, example? No, it's not example. Like, because in the dictionary, define like when they use it in a sentence. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see what it was. He I'm could never there. he could never forgive his daughter's errant ways. <laughs> like this, this, this guy's daughter <laughs> became a stripper or something. Uh, yeah, maybe she's a streetwalker, you know. Oh, but another definition of it is traveling in search of adventure. The same that same lady errant. I don't get that at all. But Ooh, that went over my head too. Yeah. No, uh, I'm 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 errant in quite a few ways. Both both the definition. Formal, humorous. Okay, whatever. We can get onto it. You wanna get into the NBA stuff? Yeah, so I don't have too much on the NBA. Um the draft is on Thursday. Um, the Bucks have one pick, 60th overall. I'm looking for a guy to maybe like a backup point guard. Yeah. I have no idea. Backup point guard that can play defense. So he can just turn into Holiday. The only thing that I would look for at like pick 60 in the draft is a foreign entity that is, I don't know. I would look for a European basketball player. Or, or someone that's like under the, yeah. I wouldn't pick 
So if I did pick that, I would want a old, um, what you call it, college basketball player. So like a Malcolm Brown, uh, that was at college for a long time and is like mature enough to see like whether he's developed or not fairly early. And I mean, that's such a lucky pick. Like Malcolm Brogdon's the hell of an NBA player. I can't remember where he was picked, but he was a second rounder. Um, or like or, Gilbert Arenas, who was, I think, the last pick in the draft. Um, who was the guy for the Spurs? Not Parker, the man of Ginobili. He was like the either the last pick in the draft or the second to last pick in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Like the Bucks definitely, it's not like their draft. Like I feel like in the NBA draft, like we're not in the top five. It's, it's not your draft. And if you're out of it, you need to find Giannis. You need to find um Jokic. Like something more crazy. Four things that nobody thought were going to be good. Exactly. That's that's like where my mind goes. Like, hey, we're drafting late. Let's look for a guy from Spain or some shit. Like, or like Yeezy on the app. Yeah. Yinji and Yanja. Oh, no. Yeah. You remember that's that? I, no. I, no. He, he was on the Bucks team. Come on. Okay. I vaguely remember him. Like, I feel like it was like a 6'11 guy that could shoot threes or something. Um, he couldn't play basketball at all. He was terrible. I shouldn't say that. He's better than me. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much that takes. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't know. We're we're not looking to rebuild from the draft, so I guess anything we get is just ice cap. See, I think if, the the Bucks have to do a better job of actually rebuilding through the draft because I don't know that there's a lot of free agents that are going to want to play in Milwaukee. You you ain't wrong. I think the biggest pull to come and play with in Milwaukee, not like once. Yeah. Like once Giannis is gone, it's not, there's no pull to come to Milwaukee over Chicago. That's right there. That needs people as well. So, but Milwaukee's probably been a better program since 97 than Chicago. But the brand is still not anywhere near what the Bulls brand is. So, yeah, yeah, that's because it's fucking Chicago, and they won six championships. When all it's because of it's because Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. if Giannis goes off and wins six championships, like I think you can turn a city like that. Like I think Golden State is going to have some historic pull now that Curry's gone. Like that that wasn't a place to go. Yeah. Into. If Kareem if Kareem and Oscar stay in um Milwaukee, like through like 75, Milwaukee might be that town. They might yeah, be you, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. But you'd be like, that's a basketball city. Like when you think yeah. about Milwaukee, you would say that's a basketball city. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of like I feel like Chicago is actually like a fairly good example but chicago is also chicago like there's a whatever a broadway play called chicago so it's not like that i think um, it's big cities like uh nba players like big cities out west is what they really really like a lot yeah and 
I mean, New York, like the Knicks have some of that pull, but I feel like New York is like a basketball city, like through and through, like through the young ages and street ball. The weird thing about New York. Yeah. The weird thing about New York is that they can't actually pull any free agents. I mean, they don't get guys that want to go there. It's almost and like it's curse now. Yeah, right. Yeah, feels like a. It feels like that, like a curse, like a Chicago Cubs type thing. Well, because Mello went there, and one of the most prolific scorers in NBA history, and couldn't really do much there. I mean, he's beloved in in New York, but what does that like? If you're not getting championships. Well, if you're not winning, like, so he might have made the playoffs, but like, that isn't winning basketball. So making the playoffs is like 45 wins. That's barely 500. Yeah. If you're winning 60 games, I can give you, I can give you a pass on like a championship, right? I'm comfortable with that. But if you're, if you're winning 50 games, I'm like, eh, like, yeah, you're a good team, but you're not, you're never going to win a championship at 50 games. Like, that's just not the way. The NBA works. You got to win more games in your regular season to be considered a good team. Where in the NFL, if you win 12 or 13 games every year, like you're an elite level team. Like if you're the the Patriots, even if you take away all their championships, uh, let's say you're the Steelers. Do you have yes. two? Packers are probably the best example of it. Like they're the Steelers, the Steelers and the Packers are probably great example, are both great examples of this that haven't won a ton of championships, right? Like they don't win championships year in and year out. They're not the Patriots, but they're always at the top of the heap. They're always somewhere up there. And yeah. like Mello wasn't even able to do that. He was able to have okay years for the Knicks. But he also got the ultimate, not slap in the face, but like the ultimate task of being drafted the same year as LeBron James. And yeah, but he played for the Nuggets for seven years, six years, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I've softened my stance on Carmelo because I was a big time Carmelo hater uh, when he was with the Nuggets and when he was with the Knicks. But hindsight, my eyes have become softer towards him, like where, but I, I think his self-awareness was bad for a really long time. It's like, he thought he needed to be that number one guy to do it, but he definitely needed someone to facilitate the offense. Like he could be the number one scorer, but he definitely needed a guy that was like, knew how to use him and some other pieces. I mean, to be fair, he never had like a Dwayne Wade with him as far as i can remember maybe until real late in his career yeah i think he was um trailblazer with um lillard and um donovan mitchell whatever the other uh not mitchell uh yeah yeah cj mccall um for a long time but but yeah we we can move move a little bit so the other big nba news that we got is beal gets traded to the suns and now they 
And then I think in that deal too, I should have looked up the deal before I did this, but Chris Paul ended up going to the Wizards in the deal. Um, and now the Suns have completely sold their team to be ran by Kevin Durant. Gosh, Mike, help me. Devin Booker. Devin and Booker. Bradley. And, and Beal. Bradley? Uh, Bradley Beal, right. Okay, it is Bradley. All right. So very top heavy team out there. Uh, the critics are saying they have no bench to win that, which. So you do I have DeAndre Ayton at the five too. Like, so it's not like you're, I don't know. Like, I think you can find players that can contribute in the NBA. Are they going to be superstars? No, but to pretend that they're going to get zero, zero points. Is silly. There's going to be guys around that you can get relatively cheap. Young guys that are trying to make a team. I think that's possible. I wouldn't yeah. be worried about them if I'm the Nuggets, but I do think it's possible. So Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Sun for a package expected to include Chris Paul, Landry, Shamet, several second round picks, and picks swap. They wrote that wrong on ESPN. Pick swaps. Uh, source told ESPN. But anyways, big news. Beal has been an absolute stud uh, for Washington uh, when he's on the floor. Um, and yeah, I guess if he can accept that he's going to be the third guy on that team, kind of like we were talking about the Nuggets and how Gordon went through. Because I do think yeah. you have some good insight like where it's like sure they don't have like a deep bench but i think there's going to be guys that take discounts to come play with those guys and they'll be able to figure it out but maybe maybe i'm wrong like it, it seems like these things haven't been working as much as the nba as like when we saw it first happen with uh garnett ray allen paul pierce and then lebron um Dwayne Wade and Bosch. Yeah, Bosch. Yeah, so, so but he, like everybody who wins has a big three, like kind of forever. Right? I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It's just whether or not they built that through the draft or they went out and signed them in free agency. And if you did that, I mean, okay. So, like, even if we go back to the first three Bulls ones, you have Horace Grant, you got Scottie Pippen, you got uh, Jordan, right? Three great players. The next three Bulls ones, you have Rodman, Harper, Pippen, right? So that like yeah. just boatloads of players on the second three. Um, the Lakers do it after that. They have Kobe and Shaq, I can't remember if they had another like big time player on that team, but I feel like they did. Um, may and maybe they weren't big time, but they were Bosch, right? They were the same type of player as Bosch at the very least. The Spurs, yeah, always I would have to back check you on that, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm sure their third guy was, yeah, Damn, somebody so. like is, is like recognizable. To us, top at least. 20. Um, yeah. 
And uh, then you go to like the Spurs, and they always had Parker, Ginobili, and uh, Duncan. Yeah, and Robinson for a while. I mean, honestly, the Mavericks with uh, Dirk might be one of the few that didn't have multiple superstars on that team. And I might be wrong. Like, there might be a, like guys on that team that I just didn't realize were on that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one superstar and then like four very solid players. But, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. Definitely does seem to take at least three, three guys that are in the top twenty. To, and then one or two of them have to be in the top. Ten. Yeah, I think that's kind of a thing. Like one has to be in the top five, one has to be in the top ten, one has to be in the top twenty. Yeah, and maybe it's not even twenty. Maybe it's like top thirty, right? So you're not like doesn't have to be an elite, elite player, but has to be a pretty solid player. Yeah, and it seems like the Bucks did it with so Giannis is one, two, or three. So like that's that's as far as his wiggle room is. Depending and maybe that play. year he's one, right? So he might be the best player in the league that year. Yeah, it's it's Tim Jokic, like one of those two. Yeah. Maybe throw in beat into the mix. Um but yeah, though, then I don't know where you go, like with Holiday and Middleton. Like, I think maybe those guys are two top 30 players, but I'm sure someone could rattle off a list that makes me sound stupid, then, right? Yeah. Yep. But uh, so if they have three guys that are in the top 30 instead of another guy that's in the top 10, when you add in Lopez, the way Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that, right? So, I just think you need a ton of talent to win an NBA championship. And guys being like, "Well, they shouldn't put these teams together in free agency." Well, then outlaw fucking free agency. If you don't want this shit, then don't allow it. Yeah. Don't get pissy about like how they assemble their team. There's ways to limit it, right? Just offer fifty million more dollars if you stay at home. Right. If you stay where you get drafted, you get fifty million dollars extra. I think they kind of do that. They do a little bit, right? You get a bit you get a bigger check if you if you uh re-sign with your like the team that you were with. Yeah. But your max deals. I don't know. Like I don't get too bent out of shape about them deciding to play together. They know who the good players are. If they want to win championships, fucking play together. Did Jordan and Pippen get super lucky to be end up on the same team? I think so, yeah. But did they build the whole second championship through the through the free agency? Yes. They went out and they signed Rob. They went out and they signed Harper. Uh, I'm trying to think who their big man was. Longley, maybe. They had Tony Kukoc. Like, just a shitload of good players on the second three, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that was barking about the NBA there. Are you ready to bark about the NFL, Mike? Uh, Yeah, so um, I don't have too much. It sounds like Tyreek Hill is under investigation for hitting or slapping a fishing boat captain. That's, you know, all alleged stuff. He's 
uh, saw it on the internet that he may have hit somebody. The guy didn't want to press charges, but now he's under investigation somehow. I don't know for sure how that works. So Tyreek Hill is basically uh, keeping up with his narrative, right? So he was kind of, I think he was a late round pick because he did something stupid coming out of college. And he did something stupid again when he was with the Chiefs at one point. And it appears he might have done something stupid again. Uh, exceptionally talented, gets a lot of opportunities in the NFL. Um, it'd be nice if we didn't run into guys that wanted to be assholes right, in the NFL, but I don't know that you're going to ever get that. Yeah, so story that I just looked up. I mean, you just covered it. So Dolphins by receiver Tyree Kill, who is being investigated by the Miami police about allegations that he hit a charter employee at a marina on Father's Day, has faced legal trouble before over alleged incidents. Yeah, whatever. No, you you can remember that. Right. Like, it just doesn't appear that Tyreek Hill is the greatest human on the planet based on his, like, legal run-ins. And so... Yeah, might have a bit of an anger issue or something. I I don't know. Uh, Like, because I can't really recall uh, his other trouble. That's kind of why I Googled it, to to see if it just listed me something. And I don't want to, like say the like the wrong thing right but um i want to say that his 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 kid's arm ended up broke and it sounded like he was at fault okay yeah but no. i can't remember for sure if that was him or somebody else right so it is what it is yeah and then from you guys can look I... it up it's all out there yeah. like I yeah. remember him getting in trouble. <laughs> we're we're not going to be the guys that break down uh, all the alleged information for you. But um, anyways, from Packers training camp, it's been saying Jordan Love has just been dropping absolute dimes left and right. Uh, Christian Watson re-ran his 40, and he ran it a whole 0.5 seconds faster uh, than before. And then uh, just guys flying around the ball. All good news coming out of Packers training camp. Sounds like this team is really jelling, uh, coming together around uh, Jordan Love. What have you heard, Mike? So I've heard that uh, there hasn't even been one drop pass from Christian Watson the whole camp, which probably means that he's going to have 130 four catches this year, 134. That's my prediction. Um, No drop passes, which is really astounding, right? I did hear that Dobbs dropped three of them. We we could probably, like, look into getting him cut. Like, if we got a guy that doesn't drop any, you need to get yourself up to par, right? Like, that's the way we need to be. But they say Toure hasn't dropped one yet either. So that's that's another yeah, so you cut Dobbs. I mean, guys dropping passes. We can't have that shit. They said Jones's right uh, quad looks bigger 
than AJ Dillon's right quad right now. So I don't know what it is to the the right quad why it would be bigger, but apparently the left one's still a little bit smaller. Uh, so than. yeah, I've heard that they're working out um, Aaron Jones for to do with some punting and kicking this season. Now that Mason Crosby's gone, so that makes a lot of sense. He's probably been just working that one just a little bit more than than the left one, or more than AJ Dillon does. AJ Dillon probably. Just had, you know, he's not, we're not going to ask him to kick. Just make sure that you can run the ball. Like once the, at the yeah, end of last year. Yeah, once the weather gets cold, we'll save you. We'll save you for cold weather. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so punting and kicking duties, I believe, are going to Aaron Jones for the next, uh, for the upcoming season. That's the probability anyway. Um, due with that right leg being little bit inflamed for the last OTA so nice nice yeah all good news all good news I like what I'm hearing out of Packers training camp are you ready to bark about the Brewers Mike uh yeah I'll I'll get into what I know about the Brewers so the Brewers um swept the Pirates over the weekend and then lost the first game of the series to the D-backs um First sweep they, in like a month, two months. Yeah, it's been a minute. I, I couldn't tell you when when the last well, sweep is. I could, I I can tell you here in, in a little bit, but I just popped off that page. Yeah, and second. you don't really need to. I just remember somebody saying that it's been a while since the last sweep, and so and I think that's who we were running neck and neck with for the division at the time was the Pirates, yep. sweep them, and then somehow the Reds are on a nine-game fucking win streak. Ten-game win They won fucking today, too? Jesus. Yeah, the Reds are hot, and they are a fun team to watch, if not the most fun team in baseball to watch right now. Um, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. I want to dive into the Brewers a little bit more, but... The, we got a new segment coming up, uh, Real Ones from the Rundown, where I'm just going to read the notes that I write throughout the day when I watch the rundown. Um, nice. But yeah, Reds are 10 and 0 in their last 10 games. Ended up a game or a half game above the Brewers. Brewers ended up winning today. I uh, can't speak much to that game because Mike and I were preparing to get ready for this show. Uh, yesterday, when they lost to the Diamondbacks, Corbin Burns has a rough game where Diamondbacks just get off to a really big lead and, and the Brewers couldn't come back uh, from that. But like Mike was saying, sweeping the Pirates, so the rubber was really starting to hit the road uh, for the Brewers. I think they had lost like... I don't know. They're four and six in their last 10. So uh, they, they got swept by Oakland, which isn't good. Swept in a short series by the Twins, a two game uh, at the Twins. So then, like I said, the rubber hits the road. We meet the number one team in the NL Central. They sweep them. Good performance by the Brewers uh, all around. And and yeah, and that's where we are today. Comeback win versus Arizona. So that's good to see because uh, Arizona 
just beat the living shit out of the Brewers uh, yesterday. So, so I don't know. Uh, with the Brewers, I want to say their run differential right now is negative 22, which we've talked on this show like beforehand that it's just not good. I think the NL Central yeah. is pretty bad this year. And I, I don't know. I don't know how optimistic to get. Like, how optimistic are you just hearing the the news and the stats and the things like that? Optimistic for what? That's the kind of the real question. Like, what do I expect the Brewers to do? Yeah, I would say like a panic run. Like uh so to win the to to win the NL. Yeah. I have no faith at all that they win the NL. If they win yeah. the Central and get into the playoff, like I'm happy about that. I guess if you win the Central and you're in the playoffs and you have all three of your pitchers, uh, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta going, you always have an opportunity. right? I think we can, if you have those three guys, in theory, we should be able to win four games. However, that's not the way it always works. Yeah, not at all. But yeah, if Yelich is um, hitting the way that he is right now, which he's been on an absolute tear. So over the last seven games, he's hitting 429 with a homer, five RBIs. Um then our catchers are carrying the weight because Contreras and Carantini are both hitting above 350. Carantini hitting 400 and 11 at bats. And then Contreras hitting 364 and 11 at bats. I take it back. Carantini was 10 at bats. So do not know how. Nope. It's shifting on me a little bit. Yeah. 10 at bats and he's hitting 400. Okay, I'm not going to get lost in that. But anyways, they're they're hitting pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have some talent, but it just doesn't seem like enough right now. I definitely thought last season and this season that we had the pitching staff that could dance with anybody if we got into the situation. But yeah, like you said, they need to all be healthy. Yeah, like in order to make a run, you got to be healthy, and then you got to get there on top of that. Which I think in baseball is one of the toughest sports to get there, like to make it to the playoff is really challenging in baseball. Um, yeah. You ready for the rundown recap? Yeah, let's go. Like, let me get into my real ones from the rundown, right? So, um, and maybe you have the same one. And this is not necessarily from the rundown because I'm not doing that. But uh, Luis Areas, I'm assuming that's correct, um, yeah. is, is hitting 400 two times in the last three games, not including today. So, this was. Uh, Tuesday morning news. Uh, he went five for five twice. 
He's hitting 400 currently. Um, looks like he's played in 60 plus games, which is, I think the Brewers have had a total of 69 games. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I keep jumping pages. I'm always on the wrong page. Uh, no, and right, maybe and maybe nobody's played in every game. But let's just say that he, he's played in 60-plus games. That's, like, pretty standard, pretty normal. Um, I think the most games played for the Brewers is 69 games, right? Um, and so this guy's hitting 400. Why can't the bottom of almost every lineup in the league hit 270? Like, I get that this guy's good, right? He's a great hitter. But I don't understand why the bottom of the Brewers lineup, the last three dudes, can't hit 270 in this league. Like, what the fuck is going on? Miami's good this year, too. I'm not saying Miami's not good. I'm not saying this guy isn't a great player. You don't hit 400 unless you're a great player. But if a guy can hit 400 in this league, I got problems with nobody on the Brewers being able to hit 300. Nobody. There's not one dude on the Brewers that can hit 300. This dude's hitting 400. All right, trivia question, Mike. I think I'll be able to answer it when my computer loads. How many guys in the league do you think are hitting 300 or over right now? 17. 13. 13 guys are hitting over 300. So that's that's just saying. How does a guy hit 400 and we only have 13 dudes in the whole fucking league that can hit 300? Because he goes all over the field. So he's played. So Luis. So why aren't uh, they all Correa. doing that shit? He can't be the best. He's not the best player in the league. Yeah. The, no, definitely not. So um, he's only hit two home runs. So he's not swinging for the fences. Uh, his wins above, above replacement are 3.1. So that's better than anybody on the Brewers uh, team. So it's definitely a valuable asset. Like when you come. Yep. Uh, to that statistic he's only struck out 15 times so this which is another thing i think that is really important right like if i don't know who who's somebody who's hitting really shitty right now adamas right if that guy only yeah. like just make contact see what happens probably yeah, fucking sh- start dominating shorten up a little bit but yeah so out of the guys hitting 300, uh, like I said, he's only struck out 15 times. The next lowest has struck out at least 29 more times. 40, 29, 29 more? Yeah. 20. Oh, shit. So, I mean, he's by far the hardest guy to strike out in the league. Um let so me is this like the like reincarnation that. of Tony Gwynn, or what the fuck's the deal? Or like Ichiro? Yeah, that's that seems more, um, more so than Tony Gwynn. Um, but I didn't really get to watch Tony Gwynn play that much. But more slappy Ichiro did have probably a little bit more pop than this guy has, but. 
He's I, definitely I don't a think Ichiro had more than like four home runs in a year ever. Right? Like I it am. wasn't very often. I know that he had pop, like batting practice, he would just like dingers the whole time. But um I don't remember Ichiro ever having a ton of bombs. So and see, because I I gotta remember how to spell Ichiro Suzuki. I C H I R O. I don't know. I'm just gonna type in. Oh, that was not. Say it again. I C H I R O. All right. I want to look at his stats real quick because damn, Ichiro looks old, man. He looks like he got in the league at probably like 30. That's this right, is like a little man for a long time. Discouraging. So he let me see his home run stats. So yeah, you're not wrong. Like his he had a year of four home runs. During his twilight, he stopped hitting him so much. His most is 15. So yeah, I would say he, he averaged what's that? I'm surprised by a year of 15. But See, I, I think thought he was he, like MVP caliber a couple of times. Yeah, I thought he averaged like around 15, but you're right. He averaged more, more like around seven, I would say. Okay. A year. But yeah, he hit 372 one year, 350 his first year in the major leagues. Um 352, 351. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll we'll see how it goes with uh Arreas, but he, he was definitely popping off in in the rundown. So I, I do think he uh he made he made the clip um from my handwritten notes that I'm gonna run through real quick. You ready for him? Yep. All right, so we got San Diego, Tampa Bay, Blake Snell. This is from June 17th. Blake Snell held game, 12 strikeouts, tap off with a hater save. So I was going to look up haters' stats beforehand, but he looked good in the one save that I seen. Now we're going to go to L with the Padres. Yep. So then we're going to go to to Angels versus the Royals. Otani is a really good baseball player. So if you didn't know, now you know. That Maybe dude the biggest is unicorn on the planet, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, dude is amazing. But on this day, uh, Royals ended up walking off winning 10 to 9. But my takeaway from that in the recap rundown, I think the Angels are going to win. Uh, or I mean, I think the Angels are going to make the playoffs finally having two of the best uh, players in the league in Trout and Otani. Then we have Atlanta at Colorado. My boy Matt Olson figured out his first name. Just crushes dinners. Keeps it going. Hits a grand slam. Number 20 of the year. Braves are absolutely nasty. So if I had to pick a team that I thought was coming out of the NL right now, definitely going to be the Braves. So Not the Braves? Nope, not not as we stand. So my normally biased post, I think Atlanta is the best team in the NL. Then we're going to move down to St. Louis versus the Mets. 
And gold shit, still crushing Dinger. Last year's MVP, still great. Nolan Arenado did not write down who won this game. I assume it was the Cardinals, but I've seen them lose, lose a couple times. And it's funny how happy it makes me when the Cardinals lose. Cardinals are my favorite team to watch lose in baseball. That's probably fair. Then we have Pittsburgh at Milwaukee, mullet cutter in the outfield. Definitely a great look for Milwaukee. So there's just a guy that uh, cuts cuts mullets. Yeah, so was he cutting mullets or just like hockey hair, where it's as long on the top as it is in the back? That that actually is a good question. It, it was straight up mullets, though. I would say, uh, like, did he buzz the front and then the sides? Like, so you got the top that's just a little short, right? Very weemerish ha- haircuts. I mean, that's the whole reason he's doing it. Yeah. So, uh, and then that being said, Weimer gets a dinger in that one, and then Miley, so Wade Miley gets a win. Uh, pitches a pretty good game. BJ's. Blue Jays versus um, the Rangers, lots of blue. This is what I've been seeing in the rundown. Lots of blue. Too much blue in baseball. Baseball, let's get your shit together. Next, I got Detroit versus Minnesota. Sweet play at third, throw to second. So, Urias, earlier this week, our Brewers, Urias, Louis Urias, made a sicker play, uh, threw it to first. This guy's play with the glove, a little bit sicker. Don't know his name. Don't even remember what team it is. That's how that's how good my notes are. Uh, there was a good play at third base in that. Uh, probably next, the Brewers. What's that? It was probably the Brewers. Mm-mm. I had the game. It's Detroit versus Minnesota. I think it was oh. Detroit's third base. So next game I have on the docket, Baltimore versus Chicago. Baltimore has sweet jerseys. That's what I got for that game. San Francisco versus the LA Dodgers. Biggest home shutout since 1989. The Giants beat the Dodgers 15 to nothing. 1989. What do you think about that, Mike? It's a long time ago. What is that? Like 34 years? 1898. My bad. 1898. Yeah, your dyslexic, your dyslexia <laughs> is getting fucked up here. But Jesus, that's the biggest home shutout in 130 years? Yeah, in the dot. I mean, I don't know how long they've been in L.A., but Dodgers home losing 15 to nothing. 1889. I mean, 15 is a lot of runs, but you probably lose once a year by 15. Every team in majors, right? Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, that that was a stat that jumped off the page. All right, now we'll see if I touched it. So we have our Miami Marlins versus Washington. My Okay, so Miami has a De La Cruz, too. That was the guy on the Reds that I was super high on. I can run very fast. I could not link their lineage. And all I got is you asked me if we needed a De La Cruz uh, earlier in the last episode. Now I want one. There's two. We, out I want there. two. Fuck it. Let's get them both. <laughs> yep. Yep. These guys can fly. 
uh, Philly versus Oakland. The A's uniforms are the coolest. This will jump back to our what colors are aesthetically pleasing. Every time I see the A's, I'm like, I like that. So if they move to Vegas, they need to keep it. So I would like to see them go with black, right? Like black, green, and yellow. Just to stay with the Vegas theme, right? So you got the Golden Knights, black and yellow, silver and black for the Raiders, A's, black and green and yellow, which would look pretty fucking sick. Man, there's way too much non-originality in baseball uniforms where I don't want to see the A's change. If they change in the way that you just said, I'd be willing to see it, but we might be needing throwback uniforms quite often because the A's uniform is the best uniform in baseball, hands down, in my eyes. Best in baseball? Like, what are you talking about? The powder blues out of the Brewers are fantastic. Not the city crap that they put out now, but the 80s powder blues, those things are fucking sweet. And the pinstripe with the blue Glove, like call them the Kansas City Royals, then that's what they wear every fucking day. No, like, the Royals don't wear pinstripes, do they? I mean, not pinstripes, but blue. like the, the powder oh. blue. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's outside the box, they're they're checking a lot of boxes. Like, it's not blue. Like, it's not things- blue. That's all I give a fuck about. Say, are they blue? That's why you like the Orioles, too, it's because they're black and orange instead of. Yep, second best uniform in baseball. So maybe I'll get to the point where I can rank all the ones that like pop in my eyes. This, so I think that's why I had that uh, precocted loaded for you is because how much baseball I've been watching and how many times I'm like, I like those. I hate those the ones. fucking blue ones. So you're cool with the with the Brewers switching to like green and yellow, just like the Packers. Yep. Yep, I would be cool with that. Bucks are green and orange. They could like easily shift that orange towards yellow. Yeah. I just want more originality in baseball. I'm sick so of it, the red team versus like the blue team. Less original. I'm let's get a color scheme in there that I like the statewide. I think one of the coolest things that the city of Pittsburgh has going yeah. is that they are all the same. Like that. All the pro sports. Is, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I don't know. I love the Brewers uniform, so I do complain about the blue a lot. I want other people to change, but I guess if, if we're, if we're going to be the ones that have to change to make it better, maybe we can I think my preference for all uniforms would be red and black. Red and orange would be fine with me. I'm cool with red and orange, but red and black, I think I like there's a space in my heart for like you should your base color should be black and not white. I like that too. Because like give me a red and black team. Uh the Falcons. That's it. Yeah, that and those are some sick uniforms when they when they go red on black. Like yeah, and then I'm trying to think if there's another one. There's other reds. 
Well, right. the Badgers is like when they right. come out black and red, they look way cooler. Yeah, the red and white is a like I just I don't like that. I think your base color should be black. Yeah, but anyways, where was I? I was on Oakland, best uniforms in baseball. Cincinnati, here we got. We got Jonathan India. India puts up puts big dips in reds are fun and playing well. That's what I got for a stat. I also have another day, but I see how long that this is taking. So I'm just going to add on from my other day. So maybe I'm going to have to like combine these a little bit better. So cool ass story today. Joey Votto, or yesterday, Joey Votto comes back from being on the DL for, I don't even know how long. Like it was like 45 days, 45 games at the end of last season to this point in the season. First game back of the year. He hits a home run, and then also hits a single, a two-RBI single, which ends up winning the Reds game. So the game-winning run score on his hit. Pretty cool moment. The way Joey Bottle reps Cincinnati is bar none to any athlete that's ever repped the city. So I respect that, dude. Um, that, that, that was my takeaway. Got me a little emotional watching uh, Joey Votto like talk before the game, and he was he was talking about the Reds team as a fan. He's like as a fan of the Reds, like he wasn't even talking as like this star player. Like he was like, "I am the Reds. I am Cincinnati. I am a fan of this. If they need to move on from me, I'm going to be cheering for Cincinnati." But he's going to be a Red forever. So that I thought that should be right. Like that's what you should do, but maybe not. Braun was pretty cool for the Brewers as well. This was like, I'm never putting on another uniform. So if the Brewers want me, I'll play. If they don't, I'm done. I thought that was, yeah, Yeah. was very cool. cool Um, and then Diamondbacks, this is when they were playing. Cleveland, uh, they're really fucking good. So seeing the Brewers, you know, lose one, win one, not a bad sign. Because I know I said Atlanta is kind of the team in the NL that is the most scary. From my recent watching that I plan on keeping to do, Arizona's been the team that's been the second most impressive to me in the NL. So this is going to be a tough series against the Diamondbacks and then White Sox late comeback win. That's all I got. White Sox are going to go on number three coolest jersey to me in the MLB. And that is the recap, or what are we calling this? The real ones. Put the run down. Look close. You got a fucking book that you're writing shit in? It was a post-it note in my planner that I talk about probably a little bit too much. So, but yeah, that's what I got. No, I've considered getting a planner. I think I should. Or like a, maybe not a planner, but like maybe more of a journal than a planner. All right. 
So I do want to just go through my other notes that are a little uh, bit of bridge. We got to learn who the Orioles closer is because that guy is a fucking monster. He just throws some heat, dude. I want to say he's 6'15". Like, he's 7'3". Just a brick shit house. Just a brick shit house that can throw some heat. Um, Ellie De La Cruz from the Reds had like the craziest infield single that I've ever seen. He hit it to the first baseman and he beat the first baseman back to the to first base. Like that's how fast that guy is. Like, granted, it was like a tough play by the first baseman, but it wasn't like a bunt. Like it, it was like actually hit to him and he beat him to first base. Lance Lynn. Do you want to know white? Do you want do you want to know who the Baltimore Orioles closer is. Oh yeah, yes. Felix Batista. So I like I like Felix. I like the idea of the name Felix. It's a good move. Yep. Baseball player, pitcher already. So I'm on board say with it, that. Say it again. Felix Batista. That guy is going to be the best closer in baseball for a two to three year stretch. Guaranteed. That's all I got though. That, that, those were all my notes. But. All right. What What did you think of the the real one rundown, Mike? Uh, so we're still talking about De La Cruz from Ellie De La Cruz from the Reds, right? And then yeah. we're talking about the Orioles closer. I think we need to do a little bit better job of having unique players on the rundown, right? Okay. I like the whole like this is where we went with the week or whatever for each team. But new players every week. I think I can organize it a little bit better too as like series, like go. It just, my my goal for this segment, so letting you guys peek behind the curtain a little bit, is to have like one sentence that summarizes the whole series, series between Okay, yeah, I like that. I just think that the the piece of like using Ellie De De La Cruz every time, not good. You can use him every time you talk about the Reds, but when we're highlighting a player, we need a new player. That was amazing. Joey Bottom. Yeah, but you didn't that wasn't with the rundown part. Like that was the that was in like inside the thing. You had lots of names inside the thing. You had uh Olsen from the Braves in there. You had Joey Votto in there. I want to say you had someone. No, I don't know. You were trying the to talk Orioles, about someone. The Orioles closer. We figured out who he was. Felix, Felix Batista. Felix Batista. So we, yeah. we got a couple of new names. So you yeah, want you more. Them. You want more. Yeah, we need, we need to get to. I need to get to a point where I can name a player from each team. Like, I don't know any players on maybe the best team in baseball, which is, might be the Texas Rangers. Yeah, and that's a good point. And we need to know the best teams in baseball. So I'm pretty sure it's the Rangers. It's up, they're up there. I know that. that. That would be news to me. So they're 45 and 28. The Tampa Bay Rays are 51 and 25. So that statement was incorrect by a good margin. Um, but in the, the Reds sense won ten in a row, like I didn't know that until fucking today. I knew they won. 
I knew they've been better than bad, but. So the Rangers are the third best team in baseball. So from what my eyes are telling me right now, Rays are 51 and 25. Braves are 47 and 26 and just nasty plus 102 run differential. And then the Texas Rangers are 45 and 28, but you might be right. Texas Rangers have the best run differential in baseball plus 150. And that that's beating the Rays by nine runs. And then there's no one really close after that. And I don't know one dude that's on the Rangers team. Yeah, no, that's that that is a good call. So let's learn one from the Rangers today. Mike, you ready to figure out who the best player on the Rangers is? Yep. All right. We are about to find out right now. And we are gonna go with batting average. That's that's the stat we're gonna use over. 55 games. Leodoy Tavares, center fielder. That's what we'll say. That's the Corey, best. Corey Seager's on that team, who I've heard of. Adolis Garcia. That's a new name to me. Um, that's their home run leader. Honestly, all these names are new to me. So Going across their hitting uh, splits, Leodoy Tavares, home run leader, plays center field. Adolis Garcia, right fielder, leads them in home runs and RBIs. And then hits Marcus Simeon, second baseman. So, team to watch out for there. But I'll get off baseball. I've been loving baseball recently. It's it re has started. All right, so we'll jump from baseball to driving fast and turning left, and driving fast and turning left. They didn't drive fast or turn left uh, this week due to Father's Day, I guess. So that's kind of cool. We take that one off. All those guys been having kids and shit, but it was a long weekend. You think you try to do something fun to compete, but Baseball and golf were winning. I feel like you've disappointed all the fathers that are NASCAR fans. I forgot to say, happy Father's Day, Mike. You didn't even talk about what happened on Father's Day. That was the day you puked? No, I puked on Friday. Saturday, I did not drink. Sunday, I had like, I fixed a car on Father's Day. Um, Went down to hang out with my dad. He was working on the farm. Right, I was going to go down there, hang out with him for a few couple hours, and then head up to on Alaska to head up, uh, hang out with my wife's dad. And like my dad was at the farm. I think I saw him for like 15 minutes before we left. You get anything cool? I get a mug every year with my three kids' picture on it, which is, which I love. Like it's yeah, no, that's pretty cool. And I'd like to have them like displayed in my kitchen somewhere. And I have these like shelves that I made, but if I put them on the shelves that I made, they're probably going to fall down because I made the shelves and I made them a few years ago. Um, So I'd like to have them hanging out 
right? You Where, got like, pl- plenty of time for that. And then if your kids are all cool and they do it once a year for you, you can have it from whenever you guys started. So, yeah. And I think like, I think my daughter was probably like four or five when they started, right? So Cameron would have been like two, one or two when they started doing it. So, um, yeah, but I like, I get that mug every year and that's pretty cool. And this year's mug is like, a 20 ounce mug, maybe a 16 ounce mug where I usually get like a 12 ounce mug. So it's just, it's huge. And so better, bigger, but that's all. That's what I got, which is, which is good. And then my wife gave me a card that said, or my family gave me a card that said, uh, to the boss of the house. And they said, Oh wait, mother's day was 30 or like last month. Uh, anyway, happy father's day, dad, which is pretty accurate as well. Yeah, no, that's that's how my house will be eventually, maybe. But yeah, I'm definitely not the boss, yeah. even with no kids. So I like that. I like that card. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, but due to Father's Day, but I do feel like they disappointed the fathers for Father's Day. I wasn't going to watch it. And there's a like a PGA Championship thing. So maybe like. They're like, we don't need to compete with this bullshit, right? Just let them watch the fucking golf. Boring shit, right? I don't NASCAR feel like boring. I don't feel like the Venn diagram of NASCAR watchers and golf is that overlapping. I could be wrong. I mean, it's like two of the more boring things to watch. So maybe people just like they're like, I like watching golf, NASCAR, paint drive. Those. Are like, those <laughs> Those are my three sports. I and I shit. say that I say that as oh, I very much like watching golf, especially on Sundays when the stakes yeah. are hot. Golf is pretty enjoyable for me to watch. NASCAR, yeah, nope. it's rough. It's it's tough. Yeah. If I could catch the final fifty laps of a race, that's cool. I watched the final seventy-five laps of a race. And it was fine because there was nothing else on TV, but 50, I think. I think I need 50, the final 50 laps. But they can't just do a 50-lap race because then I don't respect how short it is. So I like the endurance aspect. I just don't want to watch it. Fair enough. All right. So next off, we're jumping off to the U.S. Open that was held at the Los Angeles Country Club, I believe. Yep. I heard today. And we'll just go through the results that we had for our little uh wager. Uh Wyndham Clark Wyndham. Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark, yep. Is the guy who won it. Neither of us took that guy because he's only won one ever one tournament ever before this. Uh so congratulations to him. And then so I ended up with a total of negative nine. I had one dude miss the cut. Um, Max Homa, he disappointed me greatly. And then Pat ended up with a total of minus one. He had one guy miss the cut in Jordan Spieth. He just had, he didn't have a total of minus one. He had a total of minus six, unless there should be a plus in there. Wait, what are you talking about? No, 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I'm, I'm, I'm right. You're wrong. Pat's right. 
I'm wrong. His dyslexia wins. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess in theory, I can pick some type of punishment. I'm not sure what that'll be yet, but I'll think about it for a week. All right. I'll, I'll be ready for it. So we're definitely making you eat the tacos. So maybe oh, yeah. I'll, I'm kind of excited about eating 12 tacos. Yeah, I just gotta remember that I'm doing that, and so I can just be prepared. We're definitely bringing Mark back on for uh, the Open or whatever, what formerly called the British Open. I think my favorite tournament of of the year. So, but but yeah, for this U.S. Open, I'm not gonna pander to y'all. I did not watch. That was like the least amount of a major tournament that i watched in a long time but there's a lot of moving parts coming on and from what i've heard about it it was it was pretty tame and not very u.s openy um well they had pretty good scores which is not usually the case yeah so usually it is like a fun one to watch because guys are shooting like yeah. yeah you know like even is going to win you that tournament. But that being said, though, is only 17 guys. Wow. Victor Hoglin was the only guy to shoot par. And then 17 guys shot under par, which, like you just said, I think it's usually like maybe the one guy who shoots under par wins that tournament. I feel like that's the one where they grow the yeah, it is out super long it's really really hard to win yeah so course did not hold up to like what it normally does but but yeah i i don't got much for you on that one it did seem like it was a pretty cool tournament to be watching because on the final day you got your ricky Fowler, ricky followers cameron smith scotty Scheffler, rory mcelroy all in the mix and then it's just funny. Wyndham Clark is the guy that comes out on top. Like you got all that the big names. Like he grew up on a fucking golf course too. Wyndham. Oh. I mean, fucking Wyndham. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised his, his, Clark the fourth. Yeah. No, his his uh, his middle name is so it's Wyndham Rich White Kid Clark. A is, rich white is, kid. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably so actually like not rich, right? Like I'm just like stereotyping him hardcore, but but yeah, that's that's all I got on on golf. And I apologize for that, but didn't yeah, get to watch too much. So we're gonna jump into the old brain drain and what's been on our on our minds this week. Um, I think I'm gonna go again. I don't know if you have one for this week or if you want to jump in with one. No, I like yours usually, so I'll. I'll try to think one for a different time. So Aaron's uh, Aaron's was kind of mine for today. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so I've been really maybe like the and these kind of conflate with my last one, right? So like I'll watch the video on this and I'll watch a video on um, what was it irrational behavior last time I think, uh, but I'll watch these ideas on how to become faster. Right. And so I think I've made a plan that I'm going to attempt to train my daughter to win the girls division three, 100 meter dash 
when she becomes a freshman. That's what I've decided. That we're gonna run we're gonna run uh the fastest in the state four years in a row. I and like gonna, that. And I'm gonna do this and like only if she really wants to, right? Through Tony Holler's um like idea of feed the cats, right? That's his that's kind of his plan. And it is that you don't really work that hard. You just work, work in the right ways. Right. And that so uh, tired is the enemy of fast. That's kind of, I think that's the same tired is the enemy of fast. And so I'm going to try to like start implementing it with my kids. And the goal is to have um, 300 meter state champs out of the Doherty household. And I'm like the slowest person on the planet. I don't know if like you remember that about me, but I am not fast. My wife has, yeah. like, we have some genetic skill with my wife. Like she was a fast human. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, I remember you were slow in the pool, but not, not on land. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I was, I was slow everywhere. I've been slow my whole fucking life. Um, but my idea is to three state champs. That's the goal. No, I like it. I think I think it'll be good for you as well. Because you can I'm take watch the, and just tell them what to fucking do. No, you gotta take the Ted Lasso approach and be like, if you beat me, you gotta run another lap or or something no, like that. No, we can't. So or if you lose to me. The punishment is you can't play the sport. Because tired is the enemy of fast. So if you're like you're dragging and you don't want to work hard, you go home. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that because I think there's no, something. No, it, it, it like kind of hurts my soul a little bit to say, oh, like don't put in the extra effort. I was the guy that. Um, so I was working for my old man at sixteen or fifteen doing feed bags all day every day so I'd do feed bags from 4 30 in the morning till like two i'd get home i'd go to the gym to get like lift weights then i would do like speed work and then like i'd have to be in bed right so like seven o'clock at night so i could get up at 4 30 the next day like just fucking drained and i was that kid like i like you don't need any more weightlifting if you're lifting 50 pound feed bags all yeah. day. I'm, you really don't like you just need more rest. I might play a baseball game after that, right? Go to the weight room, then go to the fucking baseball game at 15, 16 years old. I was the guy that anything the coach asked me to do, I didn't care. Like, yep, I'm on my way. I'm going to do it. But I was fucking slow. No slow my whole fucking life. Now I, played football with guys that were fast who did the same type of shit. Right. But yeah, like, I think it's kind of genetic to a point, but I do think you can be, you can get high fast. school speed wise. You can, so you can make yourself up there. And so he shows a kid that has like a five, three, 40 time. 5.3 second 40 time, which is that slow as fuck. That's me. That's me. Like yeah, I might I think I was like five seven. Slower. Yeah, I might have been slower than that, right? Um, go from a five three as a freshman. Now you're gonna hit puberty hit through here, maybe too, right? Like, so if he hasn't quite hit puberty as a freshman, like 
by the time he's a senior, he's a different human, right? That's another weird word. We'll dig into it a different time, but okay. Uh, went from uh, like a five three to a four four two. Yeah, that's fine. Right, and so like this guy has like like evidence based practice guys that have improved dramatically from he's his system. The proof of concept right there. Yeah. And he's like, he's in the hall of fame for like track coaches for Illinois. I like it. I like your idea. So three 100 meter state champs, Tony Howard's the guy, if you want to look him up, uh, PN track on Twitter and YouTube, you can just Tony Howard and you can get a bunch of his shit. Feed the cats. All right. Let's try to get that guy on too. We'll we'll send him. What are we going to talk to him about? How to get faster? We everyone wants to do, to do the work. Oh, I do got one thing from you. I had a buddy who loved uh, Simeon Rice, and Simeon Rice said he got as fast as the way he did is because he did every single thing he did fast. So if he was like walking somewhere, he would run or whatever he would just do everything so this guy says that if you're trying to do something fast it doesn't take any longer than five seconds right like because if you're doing something like actually at top speed like you're not doing it for much more than five seconds um like if he's doing like hops or something like that like fast as five seconds he says don't work too hard it's like he has a video out that's like four minutes long, five minutes long, something like that. And it's an hour long workout, but that was the guy's whole fucking work. Sounds like Simeon Rice kind of contradicts him a little bit, but it's, it's all good. He said, so tired, tired is the enemy of fast. Don't run distances. Okay. I'm his a distance runner. His 400 meter sprinters never practice more than 200 meters. That is interesting. Yeah, I kind of, my kind of like it pretty hard. Yeah, I like the idea of it, but we'll see, Mike. You got four years. years. No, so it's like, so she's going into the fourth grade, so I got four years, right? Till I mean, if you, I'm gonna give you like a baseball stat though. Like, if you, if you go one for three, I think you did a good job. If I, well. Like, I would be probably pretty okay with them placing in state. Yeah. And for I want, me, I wouldn't have been in the top thousand in the state for running. Yeah. I mean, not even close. That is tough. So I'm going for at least top 10, but we're, we're training for number one. I like it. I like it. Well, unless you have anything to add. I think that will wrap it up. And as always, thank you for listening, especially if you made it to the end. We love you. We appreciate the support. And Mike is going to take us to the outro. If you're doubting the Brewers, the Badgers, the Bucks, the Packers, or Martin Truex Jr., you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can eat my shows. Beat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can eat my shows. Eat my shows.